Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amanda Man Games podcast. This is episode 25 of my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. We have a lot of news to kind of get through. A lot of interesting things have been revealed. Um, obviously, we're going to start off with the with the big one, the big one that just got announced. I think this is going to be this is something that's going to hurt a lot of Xbox fans. And I know Julian, who was on the podcast last week uh, and a couple of weeks before that, discussing what we think Xbox's or Microsoft strategy will be when it comes to next gen. And we were kind of psyched about what they might be showing. Uh, I know he he was also kind of upset about this. So the big news came right from the Halo Twitter account. Halo Infinite has been delayed. So this is coming right from the from their Twitter account. They had like a small blurb or like almost like an image type thing pasted there uh, with what they what they want to kind of tell people. Uh, their kind of PR statement of, of sorts in a way. So this is kind of what it says. This is coming from the studio head uh, for for three four three Industries. Today, I want to share an important Halo Infinite development update with the community. We have made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is a result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impacts affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries who have remained committed to commit uh, to making a great game and finding solutions to, to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. It kind of continues after that, but basically that was kind of the main meat of the whole thing that just happened. And, you know, overall, it, it's, it's good they delayed because it does seem that it was a bit unfinished. Uh, you know, we saw the gameplay and uh, I remember I, I kind of brought it up like I don't really care too much mainly because I always played Halo for the gameplay. For me, the gameplay, the multiplayer, uh, that was kind of thing that was always my focus. It was never, you know, Halo looking super shiny or whatever. It was never something like that. So I didn't really care too much about it. But it does seem that there were a lot of issues on their back end that obviously we didn't know about. And obviously the other thing is that we didn't really see any gameplay until more recently. And when we did see the gameplay recently... Uh, you know, people were obviously quite upset about it and were not happy. So, you know, I'm I'm just surprised that Microsoft took this stance and, and was able to just kind of fully commit to it and say, you know what, look, it's not in a good condition. This is a big, big franchise for Xbox and for Microsoft. Let's, you know, treat it with respect. Let's treat it with the respect it deserves and actually delay this game so we can actually make a really great, fun game for people. And, you know, I respect that. I, I, I understand, you know, this is going to be... A big, we can kind of go to that actually. You know, the big thing that a lot of people are, are bringing up because of this is what's the point of getting a Series X now? And in all honesty, you know, I'm a, I'm always, I'm always leaning more towards the PlayStation as you've seen from my, my podcast and just me in general. Um, but you know, I've always owned all consoles and I, I plan to do the same, uh, at some point with, with this new generation as well. Uh, but you know, like this was one of the reasons that I was more leaning towards the Series X, not like obviously my, my first choice will always be PS5 just because I'm excited for Spider-Man. I see more value in getting a PS5 just because of the exclusives. But overall, in terms of 
like it being such a powerful console, me having a nice 4K TV. Uh, you know, I have a really powerful PC, but I have a 1440p monitor and stuff like that, right? Like I, I want something that will run really well on my 4K TV and my surround system and everything like that. So for me, this was still like an enticing offer, offer like, you know, like having something this powerful, this powerful of a console. And I was like, you know what? This would be worth it. This delay has kind of made me shift that viewpoint uh, to the point that I'm like, you know what? Okay, I'll wait a year. Um, anyone that is still considering to buy a Series X, like, of course, like that's like, you know, that shouldn't deter you in any way. I think you should never buy a console because of one one game. Uh, you know, the same way, if you're, if you're gonna buy a PS5, don't buy it just because of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Buy it because of other games that are coming out or other exclusives that you're excited about. Don't buy it solely because of one 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 game. That, that, that never ends well, you know? So because I was sitting on the fence with this, uh, and I was leaning more towards the, the PlayStation and considering that I have a PC and all the Xbox games were run on my PC, for me, like having a new Xbox just did not, you know, it, it just did not make sense. I could yeah, rather, I, I would rather use that money and buy more games or upgrade my PC, you know, stuff like that. Um, but obviously, you know, just because it wasn't a powerful console and having that in my living room would still be, would still be good, you know? So I think like I was still kind of excited about it in a sense, but like knowing this and also knowing that there's no big, kind of exclusive on, on Microsoft side, because let's be honest, in terms of exclusives, you know, Microsoft's best exclusive, in my opinion, was Sunset Overdrive, which they basically lost in some sense. You know, now it's with Insomnia Games and Insomnia Games is owned by by Sony. So, you know, like in my case, I'm like, okay, where can they go from there? You know, like they have Crackdown 3, which did not do well. It's not, a, it's not really a good game. You know, Halo 5 campaign wasn't good, but the multiplayer was really good. The Forza games have always been there, but this year, as we've learned, there's no there's no Forza game coming out this year. So like, it comes down to like, okay, it's just gonna be those third party exclusives that will be coming out on PC as well. But like, none of the third party exclusives like the Medium, uh, which is a pretty cool game because I I I've played uh, Bloober Teams, uh, other games like Blair Witch, uh, Layers of Fear, stuff like that. Uh, you know, and like their games are good. Like it's not like it's never like oh my god, it's like this is like crazy horror. This is so scary. It's more like okay, it's interesting. It does the job, whatever. So. This is obviously a big undertaking from that team, but you know, it's not something that's gonna make me go like, okay, yeah, I need to buy because of Bloober Teams, the medium. Yeah, I need to get an Xbox. You know, I, I can play it on my PC, but it's just not a reason to buy an Xbox, right? And uh, I think Series X will obviously, or Microsoft will be pushing that everything will look better on Series X. And after my experience with, as I've kind of talked about, again, this is just my experience, right? If, if you've had a different experience, that's all you. That's, it doesn't take away from what my experience has been, right? Like when I bought my Xbox One X, I remember returning a bunch of those like PS4 games like Assassin's Creed and uh, Wolfenstein and Evil Within 2. I, I remember returning returning those games and getting it for my Xbox, uh, for my Xbox One X because, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to look way better. And I played a bit, uh, played all those games a bit on my PS4 Pro beforehand. And I still remember when I put it in, I started playing. I was like, I had to convince myself in that moment. I'm like, oh yeah, it does look sharper. And then over time, as it kind of, kind of kept going, I was like, yeah, like, no, the difference is so small. Like, it, it's, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know why I did this, <laughs> you know? So, like, I'm not saying that, like, the difference between the Series X and, and Xbox One X isn't great. But when you look at multi-platform games, you know, games that are being developed for current platforms like Assassin's Creed, like Watch Dogs Legion, and those coming out for the, for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, you'll only see a small up-res or uptick. Uh, this was the same thing with Watch Dogs on the PS4 and the PS3, because Watch Dogs was also cross-gen, and even Metal Gear Solid 5 was cross-gen. When you compare those two, 
you will notice like a bit of difference in terms of resolution and stuff, but overall, it's literally the same. You know, over it's, it's like you literally will be like, okay, I see a difference, but it's not like, oh yeah, I spent $600 or whatever. That, you know, it's that much of a difference. So it, it's hard to like put a value on, on that kind of difference. So that that's why I, I was more excited on games that are, are solely coming out for the next gen. And so far, PlayStation seems to be the only one that's kind of has something like that. Obviously, they've only said one game, right? So again, one game should not be the only reason you should buy uh, a PS5. Hopefully, they have other games or something in mind that will be coming out on uh, Holland, like along with the PS5. Uh, we obviously don't know that yet. But in my honest opinion, at this point, yeah, like I just, I do not, I do not see a reason, like from my perspective of why I would buy a Series X now. And why I wouldn't just wait, because especially if all the games will be on Xbox One as well, if I would if I'm a solely an Xbox owner, I would instead wait until next year when, when there's bigger games. And by that time it'll be cheaper as well, right? That's like it's like an honest truth with this stuff. Uh, I'll quickly go on to the next one and we'll keep talking about this. Uh this next one also comes from IGN from Dor- Jonathan Dornbush. Uh Xbox Series X will launch in November, alongside the news that Halo Infinite has been delayed to 2021 and is no longer a launch game for the Series X. Microsoft has offered more info on what, what's in store for the next-gen console's launch lineup. Without specifying an exact release date for the Series X, Microsoft narrowed its launch window down from holiday 2020 to November for a global launch of the Series X. So, I mean, yeah, like this is kind of something that we already knew. Uh, it wasn't that, you know, big of a thing. I think most of us kind of had an idea that it's going to be around November. That's kind of when they release these consoles either way, um, around Black Friday kind of stuff, you know, when people are ready to buy Christmas presents stuff too. So like, I mean, it's cool. Like I, I, it's not a big thing, but I just want to kind of go back to what we're discussing in terms of, you know, if you're someone who's on the fence, right? If you're someone who um, has a PS4, has a Nintendo Switch, has a PC, let's say you have an Xbox as well. And for the next gen consoles or whatever, you you know, you're like, in this, in this case, you're like, you know what? I just want, I'm just able to buy one console this time around. Or on the other end, if you're like a PS4 gamer, but you, you've been enticed by the Game Pass stuff, or you're an Xbox One gamer and you've been enticed by the PS4 exclusives, you know, Last of Us Part 2, Ghost of Shima, all this stuff, and you're like on the fence. You're like, okay, I'm not going to invest in a new console just yet because, you know, new, new, the next gen is coming out in December. I'd rather like buy that rather than the older consoles or whatever. Um, and you're like on the fence, you're trying to decide what to buy. I, at this point of time, in all honesty, it does seem like PS5 or Sony has exclusives or has things. It's not to say these exclusives are good. We don't know if Miles Morales will be good or not, right? We're hoping that it's going to be like the Spider-Man game that we all played and we enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, so far it seems that Sony has shown a bigger commitment to having that proper, like, uh, next-gen step where this is their new console and all these games that will come out, obviously other than, like, some of the multi-platform stuff, but all these games that will come out that's made by Sony will be, you know, solely meant for the PS5 and it will take full advantage of that, right? So we're still waiting to see what else is there, right? We don't know when Ratchet and Clank will come up. We don't know when Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or whatever will come out as well. But like, you know, just that idea itself, I think like makes it more enticing at this moment. Whereas, you know, on Xbox side, when it comes to their exclusives, we know they have a Forza game, you know, which they just showed like a little bit uh, of stuff and like they didn't put any release date on it. So we have no idea when that will come. You know, at least Horizon, I think they said they did say it will come out in 2021, which was good. But in the case of Forza, they didn't say when it's going to come out. With Fable, it looks like it's way off right now. It's like really, really early development. And then there was Halo, right? So it's like, okay, like these are the main things. Like there, you know, what we don't even know what's going to be coming out next year. 
So I think because of that, it just makes more sense to kind of look at the so look at PlayStation and say, okay, like this just seems like the better option right now when it comes to you know choosing because you're buying a console for the games, right? Like people have to remember that you're buying a console for the games. You don't buy like I understand when you have an allegiance to a console and stuff like that. Like I've always had allegiance to Sony, but I have no problem saying like in on the 360 times around that era, there were so many amazing games on, on the 360 side, which is why I got an Xbox 360, right? And then obviously over time, we saw Sony get so many good exclusives, which is why I bought a PS3. Like, you know, like you should always buy a console because of the games and stuff like that. So at this point of time, based on what we're seeing and the commitment to games, it just seems like Sony is in a better position. Uh, obviously this can all change with the next month because we don't know, right? We don't know all the games that are coming out for both consoles fully yet. They haven't announced everything yet. And I do appreciate, I don't know where Phil Spencer said this, but I feel like I remember reading this, but Phil Spencer was kind of talking about how he wanted to get this news out now that Halo Infinite, you know, will not, will be delayed because he didn't want people to make wrong purchasing decisions, right? He didn't want to wait till the last minute and then say it's delayed. And I really appreciate that, that someone is so honest about, you know, people need to understand that consumers and people that are into gaming, you know, right now with everything that's happening in the world, not everyone has the money just throw at like consoles right? This is just how it is right now. So, you know, like, which is why I don't appreciate how these co like console manufacturers and stuff like that have still not uh, kind of told us or revealed the price and all that information yet, because it's already August. Like, what do you expect? What do you expect people are doing right now, right? It's already hard for people to save money with everything that's happening in the world. So I just don't, I already don't agree with that, but I do appreciate that he's like, okay, if you're planning to buy an Xbox because of Halo Infinite, like here, like it's not coming out, so if you feel that you need to buy another console, if you want to buy Nintendo Switch or PS5, you know, go ahead and do that. I really, really appreciate that someone has uh, has done that. Um, talking about release date for the consoles, it does seem that Xbox uh, or the Xbox console will be coming out on November 6th. This is coming from IGN from Jordan Oloman. A series of alleged controller leaks may have revealed a November 6th release date for the Series X and the much-rumored Xbox Series S. A summary of an unboxing of the alleged Xbox Series S controller was posted to recent era by user Jaw Muncher, who claims to have acquired a picture from the owner of the controller's online registered warranty page. The Microsoft Limited warranty for the Series S controller appears to end on November 5th, 2021. Microsoft's Limited warranty covers the year from purchase, which suggests a November 5th or November 6th, 2020 release date. So this is, again, uh, November we know. This also makes sense. I'm just interested to see um, if... PlayStation or Sony will be pushing the console a week. Because I remember like uh, the PlayStation and the Xbox consoles came like a week apart. Um, so I don't know, like, you know, and the la like last time around, I think the PlayStation came out first and then the week after was the Xbox one. So I don't know what's going to happen this time around if uh, Sony feels that, no, they need to stay out of October for whatever reason. I don't think I don't think that should be a, an issue. But like, again, I don't know, right? Maybe they, they, they can release it end of October. Uh, and to be ahead of Xbox in a sense, or they'll just release it November 13th or 12th. But this does give us an overall idea now. At this point, this is like a very good, it does narrow it between the end of October to November 13th or so, or November 12th or 13th. That's kind of when it's going to be most likely coming around. So, I mean, if you're saving up, I guess, you know, it kind of gives you a better idea to keep saving up <laughs> until that point at least. And and again, like hopefully we get more information this month itself because there are rumors that the PS5 more, might be more expensive, even though it's not as powerful, but obviously there's things that make it kind of powerful. I don't know. It's all like willy-nilly. It's like on, on, on paper, Xbox Series X is definitely more powerful. So, you know, like if 
if for whatever reason PS5 is more expensive than the Series X, I can definitely see that a big win on the Microsoft side. But again, like it's just it's games, man. It's just at the end of the day, it's games, right? It's just it's games and marketing. And so far, Sony has been doing a better job when it comes to marketing. No matter what you know, you might see from the Xbox side. Uh, like a lot of I remember, like I think listening to other podcasts and they were kind of talking about how uh, one of the reasons that PlayStation won the last generation was price because they were priced cheaper than the um, Xbox One. But in my opinion, that does not, you know, it's, it's, there was a lot of hype behind Xbox at that point, but they lost a lot of that hype because of bad marketing, because of the whole always online thing and all that like backlash that they faced. And then Sony was like, we don't have that. You know, you don't need to, you can just share your games, no problem. And that's why PlayStation won. It wasn't because of the price only, right? It was because of, of the marketing. So like, I, I feel like it should also be understood that even let's assume that the PlayStation is a little bit more expensive than the Xbox Series X, like, it's not, it, it could make a difference, but to be honest, it's not going to be, it, it might help Series X like level the playing field a little bit. But in my honest opinion, even if that happens, and I'm, I'll be more than happy to be proven wrong with this. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I do think that even then PS5 will still sell more. Obviously we'll see because like I said, you know, you don't, it's, it's, when you look at a console like Nintendo Switch, which was priced quite heavily for, you know, what it is for the, the kind of power that the Nintendo Switch has. Uh, it was like what three ninety nine uh, USD when like around four hundred or five hundred whatever like in Canada like it's not like a, that was the same price that I paid uh, for the PS uh, for the PS four when it came out you know so it was that price but like look at how it's doing right like look at how much it sold it was because of Zelda it was because of a game so I I just want to bring that up that like I understand like the pricing but the reason that a lot of people do flock in the end is games and Sony is so smart to bring in a game like Spider-Man, which is the best-selling exclusive of all time, I think, at this point. And Spider-Man, as we know right now, with everything in the MCU and everything, is such a popular character like that. I just, yeah, I just don't see how, like, you know, it will go in their favor. But we'll see. I'm excited to see what happens at the end of the year. Hopefully, we get more news from both uh, both companies. The next one is pretty exciting. This is coming from Rocksteady from the Twitter account. Uh, it says, Target locked, hashtag DC Fandom, August 22nd, hashtag Suicide Squad game. And then this photo uh, with obviously the Rocksteady logo, and it says Suicide Squad, and there's like a bullseye pointed at Superman's head. So this is really, really cool. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, I've played, I just played the Marvel's Avengers beta, and I'll obviously talk about that later. If, if this game is a more linear-focused kind of a game, and you're switching between different characters, I'm all in. If Rocksteady is doing exactly the same thing as Crystal Dynamics and making like an always online uh, looter shooter, looter kind of, kind of a game and you're getting skins and all that stuff, I don't know. I, like, I, 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 like I'll, we'll talk about Avengers later. Obviously, I'm not going to talk, talk too much about it now. But I, like, I don't know. Like, why can't, like, just make a single player game, man. Like, it's like all these games, like when you, when, when I see this, right, it always comes down to like, okay, like what will they do to put microtransactions in there? And one big p- problem with the Avengers beta was like, other than the story missions, which themselves were pretty, like a little generic, um, it was exciting to play these characters initially because they're superheroes, right? You're so excited to play them finally after, you know, wanting a superhero game for so long, you know, you get to play them. It's pretty awesome. But then when you see the other sets of missions they have available for you, and for your online parties to play with. And you see how generic it is. It's like these open sandboxes where you just go into a corridor and you just fight like in this huge like square room. You're just fighting a bunch and once you've kind of killed all these waves of enemies, it's like, okay, here you go, you're done. And you get like a star rating. I'm like, oh man, like this is, 
you know, this that's just I'm just playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance now. And I've already played that on my Nintendo Switch, right? I'm just playing like a, a, a more up version, like a more uh more revved up version of that. So I don't know if I'm I'm happy about like I will see because I'm I still want to play Marvel's Avengers. I did enjoy some parts of it, but other parts, yeah, it's like it's just not hitting me yet. Um and Rocksteady, I have so much because I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about something from my past when it comes to Rocksteady games as well. So I'm pretty excited about that. But you know, like them making uh, a Batman Arkham Arkham games out like which, which were just amazing and then finding out they might be making a team Ninja Turtle games and now if we find out this obviously a Suicide Squad game like one part of me is like excited because I'm like damn like they, they're so good at story they're so good at being true to these characters but at the same time I'm like oh man like they're, they're going down the same route aren't they they're going down the same route as the Avengers thing and all that so uh, let's see let's see uh, the next one is pretty uh, exciting for PC gamers specifically uh, new NVIDIA GPUs to be revealed soon. This is coming from Windows Central by Harish uh, Jonalagada. After months of leaks, we now have an official launch date for NVIDIA's next-gen GPUs. The brand tweeted out a teaser on its GeForce, GeForce page yesterday, indicating an August 31st launch. And NVIDIA has now confirmed that it will unveil its next-gen Ampere-based GPUs on September 1st. The GeForce RTX 30 series will make its debut uh, at a GeForce special event that will be held by NVIDIA, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang. NVIDIA didn't share any details on the cards themselves, but if recent leaks are any indication, we'll see four models in the initial GeForce RTX 30 line. Uh, there, will be the, there will be the RTX 3090, 3080 Ti, 3080, and the 3070, which is interesting because uh, right now, we, you know, we only have up to like 2080 Ti. And it's always been at the 1080 Ti or whatever, so it's interesting they're going one step above. Uh, but yeah, this is exciting news for like PC gamers in general. I have an RTX 2080, uh, so I'll see if I need, because I, I, I got my PC like last year, or I built my PC last year um, for 1440p. I don't I don't think I need a better GPU uh, at the moment, but uh, honestly, it depends on how much I can sell my GPU and what the price of the GPUs will be, uh, especially because I'm my main concern will be right now is to buy my video game consoles. <laughs> They'll be coming out this later this year. And, and yeah, I mean, so far in terms of my gaming thing, like I, 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 I'm always excited for like the GPUs, but you never see like these, if the, the full use of the GPUs for a little while. And I always like to wait for companies like, or, or brands like, or not even brands, like, yeah, I think companies, yeah, we see companies like uh, uh, YouTubers, I should say, like Digital Foundry, Gamers Nexus, you know, Jay's Two Cents, Linus Tech Tips, like all of them, uh, Bitwit, like all of them kind of do their uh, benchmarking to kind of give you an informed decision whether, whether or not this is actually like worth it. Like if the, I, was, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine who's thinking of building a PC and he was like, oh yeah, I'll just get like whatever the most expensive GPU is, right? For the next uh, generation or whatever. And I was like, look, if you're gonna, because I, I think he was planning on getting like a 1440p uh, monitor with like 144 frames per second, like a Hertz uh, monitor as well, like refresh rate. Um, so I remember I was telling him that, you know, if you get an RTX 2080 Ti or a 3080 Ti 3090, I'm like, that'll be great. But, you know, you should look at the difference because at the end of the day, if it's a 1440p uh, monitor, and it goes up to 144, a lot of these games, even now when you see the difference between like, let's say an RTX 2070 or a 2060 and a 2080 or 2080 Ti, I'm like, when you look at the difference, it does come down to like maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 frames per second. And I was like, you know, you should definitely look at that difference and whether or not that's worth it because sometimes it's honestly not really that like worth it. So I was like, don't get like the RTX 20 line because you know, the 30 line is coming out. You might as well buy that one because it will essentially replace the 20 line, right? But I'm like, I would rather like you get like a 3080 or like a 3070 uh, for a 1440p monitor rather than getting a 3080 Ti or a 3090, right? Because 
Um, I've I've experienced that. Like I've I was about to buy an RTX 2070, which in Canada would have been 700 Canadian dollars, but I bought an RTX 2080 because I was like, oh, it's it's like better and stuff like that, which was a thousand dollars, right? Almost like a thousand one hundred. But like when I play the games and you look at the benchmarking uh, for the games and everything like that, um, the RTX 20, uh, 2070 runs those games, let's say, at like 80 frames per second. And on my RTX 2080, it's like 92 or 95 frames per second. So I literally paid like $400 for 15 frames or 20 frames per second, right? So this was kind of like the point I was making to him. And I think like he like also understood and I was like, yeah, like it, it, in that moment, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to get the most expensive thing ever, the best thing, whatever. But when you actually get it and you realize that, okay, this is not like that big of a difference or whatever, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I should have, you know, gotten a second uh, Samsung Evo, like NVMe, right? Maybe I should have gotten more RAM. Maybe I should have up my CPU. Maybe I should have gotten more storage elsewhere, right? Maybe I should upgrade something else. Like, or maybe just put that new savings and put it towards a new console, right? $400, like it's a big difference. So like, that's why I'm like, yeah, like, honestly, you need, like, you need to be careful with that because that's kind of how they get you. They kind of get you with like the idea that, oh no, it's going to be more, uh, it's it's better and everything like that. I'm like I'm like yeah sure on paper it might be better, but trust me when it comes to games it's not it's not really like that. So that's kind of like just my PSA when it comes to uh, PC gaming I guess. So next one is pretty interesting. I hope this doesn't happen. This is about the next gen game uh, pricing changes that we're kind of seeing. Uh, I think 2K is the first one that's kind of doing this. This is coming from Samuel Tolbert from Android Central. The next generation of gaming is nearly upon us with the Xbox Series X and the PS5 confirmed to release in November and holiday 2020, uh, respectively. One of the major questions still up in the air is just how much the next generation title will cost. Japanese publisher Capcom has weighed in to explain that it still hasn't decided just how much its new games will cost. In a recent Q&A Q&A with investors, the company was asked about its policy for pricing next, gen, next generation games. Capcom stated that we do not have a set policy at the time. We will consider our approach having analyzed both our strengths and weaknesses while closely monitoring industry trends. Uh, industry trends. So far, Take-Two Interactive is the only publisher to raise the bar announcing that NB2K21 will be $70 on Xbox Series X and PS5. In its recent Q1 results call, Ubisoft confirmed that none of its games launching in fall 2020 will cost more than $60, and EA has kind of said something similar. Uh, but yeah, like basically, uh, you know, we're, we're slowly seeing this trend that, yeah, it, it games games will be priced up which is like fine overall uh you know i don't agree with all these people like i remember i kind of, I kind of talked about this before i don't agree with this thing that oh yeah games have been priced the same amount for so long and stuff like that inflation all that stuff but yeah like people you know it's the same thing as university like how much it costs to go to university or college versus people's wages right when you see that trend line the the college like price goes like up like crazy whereas people's wages increasing like the average wage increasing over time is so slowly like trending up so it's kind of like, like, no, I don't, I do not agree that, oh yeah, a game that was costing like $60, like in like 2000, you know, obviously still costing $60 now. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't have other monetization methods before. They didn't have fucking microtransactions and cosmetics and, and deals and pre-order bonuses and this and that and deal editions and clutch edition and that edition. Like, like, I'm sorry, but if you want to up your price and you want to do it with that justification that, oh, inflation, all that stuff, then okay. By all means, increase the price, remove all microtransactions, remove all monetization stuff, remove all delist conditions, remove all this collective edition stuff, like remove all of that. Just put the fucking game for that $70 price and like, yeah, I'll call it a day, right? But that's not the case. That's not what happens. Like it's just companies wanting more money. And if they see a way to up the price without people, uh, without seeing too much backlash, they will up the price, right? So that, that's just my view. Like obviously you can 
call me wrong on it, or you can say I'm right. It's up to you, right? But that's something I, I just I just remember like reading about that. And I'm like I'm like no, you can't you can't say that. Like what do you mean? Like I know that there's like inflation, the price has not changed for a while, but yeah, people's wages have not changed in a while, right? Just because you're doing well doesn't mean the average consumer is doing well, right? Like it's not it's, it doesn't work like that. So like I'm, I'm like and you can't and like to even like put it as like a luxury kind of a thing, like gaming as a, like a luxury thing, I think is not okay either. Like it should be something for everyone. You know, same way how all these forms of media and entertainment should be for everyone, right? Like there's a reason that like, you know, movie for, if you want to go to a movie ticket, you don't have to fucking break the bank for that. You can spend like $12 or whatever and go watch a movie. And obviously it's like a two hour, an hour and a half, three hour experience, right? And then you're done. But like in, in, in the case of gaming, obviously you can play it for a longer time. Some of them are short experiences, but at the end of the day, it's still an experience and they should, if they are at the end of the day fucking putting monetization stuff or all these schemes within the games, within like their game storefronts or whatever, like why, like why do you want to up the price on top of that? Like remove it. Like I believe, like if they up the price to $70, but there's no microtransactions, by all means, 100%, I'm all for that, right? Like that's completely okay, but that's not the case. NBA will still put all those ads and microtransaction stuff uh, Call of Duty will do that. EA will keep doing that with every single game. Like, that's just how it's going to be. So, yeah, that's just why we can, I'll, I'll, I'll get too heated. <laughs> we'll move on from that. Uh, talking about shady business, uh, this next one comes from Joe Scrabbles from IGN. Um, this is about control and the upgrade for the PS5 that you might be able to get if you buy a very specific edition. Uh, existing owners of control on consoles won't get a free upgrade to its PS5 or Xbox Series X versions. But those who buy a new Ultimate Edition will. The Ultimate Edition was announced today and will be released on Steam on August 27th, followed by Epic Game Store, PS4, and Xbox One versions on September 10th. It will come with all previous upgrades and both of the game's expansions. So, yeah, this is pretty shady. I'm I'm not okay with this. Uh, like I like I didn't I didn't like this. I forgot what other co- what other company did this, but like in my case, I have uh, the Control game. I have it all on my PC. So in my case, I already have like the best version. Like luckily enough. Uh, but you know, like anyone that bought the control game on the PS4 and the expansion afterwards, and now you're telling them to buy another edition on top of that because they want to play the game on PS5 because their game honestly runs like shit on PS4 and Xbox One. Like, I yeah, that's not okay. Uh, I don't know if this is coming from Remedy themselves or if this is coming from their publisher, but this is really out of character from Remedy because Remedy has, I've always seen them as someone who's kind of like CD Projekt Red, very, you know, with the people, uh, always providing them with amazing games, stuff like that. But this is definitely a big turn and uh, I'm a little disappointed. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, hopefully people don't support this. Like if you, again, like move with your wallet, if you're not ho- happy with this, don't buy uh, this ultimate edition or whatever, you know, instead, if you haven't even played the game control, I would just rather, I would just wait. I would just wait until the PS5 comes out and the PS5 edition or version comes out and just buy that. Uh, but if you're someone on, on the PS4 and stuff, yeah, just don't, I don't think, I don't think, you know, you should be double dipping just because of this. Like that's like, that's not okay. So like, that's just kind of like my main view on it. I, I don't think anyone, any company should be doing this, but unfortunately stuff like this seems to be happening more and more in the industries and kind of goes back to my point about this whole fucking $60, uh, you know, uh, be over oh, games for $60, the price like $60 all like all this time and everything like that. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I'll look at, I'll look at all this stuff. Why is it, why is it an ultimate edition then? Right. Raise the price of the game, but why is it an ultimate edition then? You know, like I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I keep getting sidetracked. I'll, I'll keep continuing with the news. Um, the next one comes from IGN as well, from Wesley LeBlanc. Bioshock 4 news. Finally, the next Bioshock may not be taking place in previous settings, Rapture or Columbia, if recent job listings are any indication. 
Game Byte originally reported Monday that the studio behind the next Bioshock game, Cloud Chamber, has several job listings that seem to hint at what, what the team is looking to do with the next, uh, next game in the series. The listings ask for experience with Unreal Engine 4 and experience in scripted cinematic sequences, amongst other things. The listings also mention a new and fantastical world. We want you to help us breed life into a new, a new and fantastical world, several job listings read. Together, we will set the stage for a stunning narrative and system-driven experience. The latter part is par for the course of Bioshock, but the former is what indicates a shift away from the Rapture or Columbia. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, okay, like, this is uh, this is just interesting news in general. Uh, I just want to kind of wanted to bring this up because I have been playing Bioshock games uh, on my streams. I played Bioshock 1 and 2, did all the DLC. Uh, I haven't done Infinite yet, but I will be playing that at some point. But yeah, like, this is interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we do get a new Bioshock. Bioshock was, uh, other than Half-Life, at that time, one of the only, like, you know, amazing first-person uh, first, 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 first person story based action game that was just so good you know like I can't think of any other game around that time obviously Halo in general but like you know I think more than Halo Bioshock was just the, just the story and the atmosphere and everything was just so amazing so I'm pretty excited to see what they can do with the next gen you know like all this stuff Bioshock in terms of Bioshock everything was only in the 360 to PS3 generation which seems so weird Bioshock 1 uh, to the DLCs and Bioshock Infinite all came during that during that generation 360 and PS3. This generation we have heard, we have nothing from that, <laughs> you know that side. I know that like that development team is not there anymore. Ken Levine that worked on Bioshock is not there anymore. He's like working on his own thing, but like in general we have not gotten a Bioshock game at all with the current gen stuff, right? So it only means that we'll get it with the next gen. So I can only in my brain imagine like the step up from what it all already was, right? It was already so great, and it will be pretty cool to like see what they can do. Uh, the next one again, uh, sort of shady business, but like again, like this is like kind of like weird. Uh, Spider Man is Spider Man is exclusive to PlayStation's Marvel's Avengers. This is coming from the IGN staff. IGN Japan has reported on the reasoning behind Spider Man's appearance as an exclusive DLC character on the PS4 and PS5 versions of Marvel's Avengers, as explained by Crystal Dynamics Studio head Scott Amos. The announcement of the upcoming addition of Spidey to the roster of heroes in 2021 was welcomed by PlayStation fans, but those who plan to play Marvel Avengers on the other systems have been less enthused. The inclusion of Spider-Man is a unique opportunity for us, but because uh, for, for us because of the relationship that PlayStation and Marvel have, Amos told IG Japan. So yeah, basically it's just a deal. Whatever deal Marvel and PlayStation came up with, um, it seems that you know since that Insomniac Spider-Man game, they have some deal going on uh, because we have seen Spider-Man on other consoles on the switch more recently or with marvel ultimate alliance so it's not like you know it hasn't happened in recent times but it, it's obviously just sony just kind of trying to pull pull the weight of spider-man because like like i was talking about before spider-man has a lot of weight when it comes to superheroes and just superhero fans uh, and yeah like it's like i've played the beta and i played on ps4 and like see how it runs on ps4 i might just get it on pc to be honest uh, even though i can only get spider-man on on uh, on my ps4 but like seeing the characters the, again my honest opinion right we're going to talk about more about the avengers beta you know what we'll jump into more we'll, we'll just jump into talking about avengers beta now but like the game in terms of the characters that you use it seems very one note right it seems like there's just like a very set list of things you can do with them uh and obviously it's, I, like i'm obviously not explaining this well but it, it's just it's very it seems very monotonous almost when you're using certain characters and i won't be surprised if spider-man is very similar like you know spider-man will be there and he'll be there in a sense being spider-man and you might have costumes and cosmetics and whatever but you know in terms of using him it'll just be very one note that 
after playing with him for like a couple of hours or so, you'll be like, okay, yeah, uh, I'm done. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's not the same as Spider-Man, like the game with Insomniac Games. Like there was like a different feeling when it comes to using Spider-Man. In this, Marvel, in Marvel, Marvel's Avengers, like the fighting style is very similar to to like, I guess like an MMO or like a Destiny type. Oh yeah, kind of like an MMORPG almost. Basically in terms of like the movesets are very linear looking, very monotonous almost. Uh, you know, and it just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel focused, right? It doesn't feel like each character has like weight and stuff like that. Like, I, I know that a lot of people, like Avengers beta has been kind of on both sides, but a lot of people have been on the more negative side when it comes to the game. Um, you know, and because this is a beta and even though it is a beta, the game is coming out in a couple of weeks or like a few weeks or whatever in September, like it's not going to change too much, right? From what the beta is, like it is a little bit worrying. And like for me, the story and everything is fine. Like it didn't really grab me, but like, yeah, like the story is going to be a story that should be interesting. Um, what the problem with the problem that I had was that nothing really feel, feel uh, nothing really felt unique when it comes to doing the missions or anything like that. Nothing really felt like it. When you look at Rise or Tomb Raider or Tomb Raider in general from, you know, from Crystal Dynamics, every little section of that game, there was so much work put into it. You can tell right from like the look and everything like that then you have all these other things you can, where you can explore the tombs and the tombs themselves have so much work put into it in this game it, i don't see any of that at all and don't even get me started on the side missions the side missions or the missions that you can kind of do like strikes or whatever basically it's like their version of strikes with like other people like that some of them lasted me like five minutes i'm not even joking some of them were like four or three minutes and you can see my stream i like it after you finish a strike they give they ask you to give it a rating and i would give them like ones and twos because i'm like oh my god like i just i got in the game you literally walk a long distance where there's no enemies walk long distance in this area which is completely empty you're just walking you get into this small corridor you fight a bunch of enemies and then it just ends like it just ends there and i'm like are you serious i'm like this is what <laughs> this is what you're countless hundreds, thousands of hours of content is going to be afterwards. And I was, at that moment, I just knew, I'm like, yo, Crystal Dynamics is either, like, it's not the entire team working on this, or they are actually, honestly, not ready to release this, but they're being forced to release this game, like, now. Because, yeah, like, I don't know, like, it's, it just, it turned me off, which is why I was a little bit more worried about Suicide Squad, I, I think. Um, but again, like, I don't want to, like, discount the game, like, who knows uh, how the story will be and stuff like that. So, like, my, going back to Spider-Man thing, like, if you're planning to get it solely because of Spider-Man, like, I'm telling you, like, don't, like, if you play the beta at least, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, Spider-Man will be there, but it won't be anything, <laughs> anything, like, extraordinary. I'll completely be honest. It's not gonna, like, rock your world. Like, if you want, like, a Spider-Man game that's true to Spider-Man, play Insomniac Spider-Man. You know, play Miles Morales when it comes out or something. Like, this, this is not that game. Like, uh, playing as Iron Man and stuff like that, you know, you're obviously, like, finding loot, loot that weirdly enough is not visible on your character which is weird because like i get it because they're superheroes but it's, it's, i don't know it's just weird and obviously like, they have a whole store like a cosmetic store and they have like a battle pass thing that's kind of built into it which is just like uh, yeah like i don't know i don't know like, i i think like I, I i was excited for the game and like you know if i have a group of friends that want to play together i can see myself having fun uh, but that's like any game any game you know if you have with a group of friends <laughs> it's gonna be really fun but i'm just yeah i'm just a little turned off by that game i I, I was hoping for more and, you know, Spider-Man being exclusive to PlayStation was like a big blow in a way from what I was reading. But to be honest, if you've played the demo or the beta, you can kind of see at that point that, yeah, you know what? I can see what these characters will play like and look like and feel like. 
yeah, having Spider-Man in it will not be that big of a difference. Like, you know, it will literally just be, it'll be like a random character model that's put in there with the Spider-Man, like kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, like layer on top of them. And, you know, it's just doing the very generic moves, very generic things here and there with very small branch uh, tree upgrades, things that you can do with it to like add new abilities here and there, but nothing of like consequence, you know, nothing that feels really, really good. So yeah, like that's just my opinion. So if you're an Xbox owner or a PC gamer primarily, don't feel bad about this, trust me. And if you don't believe me, the beta is going to be coming out really soon and you'll, you'll be able to judge for yourself. Trust me on this. Uh, so with this, we can go on to story time. So I kind of want to talk about the first time Batman Arkham Asylum came out. I just wanted to bring that up because of the Rocksteady news. And I still remember when Arkham Asylum came out because most of the games that were usually superhero games at that time were never good, were always very generic, and were just never that fun or interesting. You know, like it was just like, oh, I want to play as Batman. Okay, cool. I play Batman. Oh, I, I, I'm going to play as Spider-Man. Oh, I got to play as Spider-Man. Okay, done. You know, that was it. It was never like anything, anything amazing. But then Batman Arkham Asylum came out and then I, I thought first it was based off, off like a movie or something that I hadn't seen. But then I was like, oh, it's not actually based off a movie. I'm like, okay, cool. Then I started getting really, really good reviews everywhere. I'm like, okay, what the hell? Why is it getting good reviews? And then I got it. I played it. Obviously, I, I didn't at that point, I didn't know that Mark Hamill was the one that was voicing Joker. And I'm like, oh my God, Mark Hamill's in this. You know, I, I, and I'm playing the game and I, I was like, wow, like not only was this, because it was such a cool game mainly because of Batman feeling like Batman and also because of the combat. That is that game, the combat was so fun that you felt like Batman. You know, like you're it, it kind of started that whole like Warner Brothers like thing that Shadow the Mord Shadow Mordor, Mad Max, and even Batman have used, where you know you're punching and like there's like a little glowy thing that pops up on an enemy that's about to hit you, and you just press one button and you block them immediately. And the block looks good. Like it feels good, it feels like consequential, it feels fun, like it feels weighty. And like then you start beating that person up. And the other person comes in, you, you block it again. And you know, you chain it. You chain like that and not once. No one can touch you. And it feels so good that you can do that. And like, I remember the first experience I had, like playing that and playing that combat. I'm like, oh my God, this is so fun. And then, the, you know, then there's like these moments when you go into detective mode to figure stuff out. You're like, okay, let me put these clues together. Then there's like small boss fights in there. And you get to see all these really, really cool like um, enemies and villains. And of course, you know, the big villain that, that we're kind of working up towards, Joker. And you know, and... I just remember like playing this um, as a kid when it came out. I'm assuming this came out in 2007, maybe. I can't remember. So I was like 15 years old at that time. But like, it was just so good. It was just so fun. Like I, I remember I couldn't stop playing. And at that time, my uh, like one of the one of the bigger TVs in my house was in my in my parents' room. And I would obviously like want to play in their in their room, right? I would want to play in the big TV rather than the smaller TV that I had in mine. Uh, and obviously, it was on, I had I had my 360, right? So I wanted to play in HD and stuff like that as well so like I, I remember kind of shifting my xbox into my parents room and connecting it to their tv and like playing it there and then obviously you know my mom and dad my mom and dad like wanted to go to sleep or they just like falling asleep but i'm like literally in the room on the foot of the bed uh or like just underneath the bed just like playing the game you know i was just like playing the game all night and obviously like my mom and dad were like sweet enough you know i like i wasn't playing the music so don't worry about that it's not like i was blasting the music or something i i i did uh, turn it down quite a bit but you know my mom and dad they, they were like yeah you yeah, know you keep playing obviously like again i, it was, I, I know school nights stuff like that it's not like i was doing it on the weekdays it was it was on the weekends right you can tell i was like living the party life when i was 15 on the weekends but you know like i was like on the uh, like i remember just playing that constantly uh and like literally facing the game in like a couple of weekends basically because that's not when i play the game play my video games like the most and you know i i just remember like even at one point even my mom kind of seeing the game 
and her being interested and being like oh wow like she, because at that point she didn't realize like how far games had come when it comes to storytelling and stuff like that and obviously she knows about batman and and the dc universe and all that stuff right but watching it and like watching these characters and seeing like how dark and gritty that game was and how interesting the story was um i, I remember it was this game and also another game which i'll probably save for another time and I'll, I'll make that another story time uh story time section but I remember like her being like, oh, like, let me know when you're playing again and I'll, I'll come watch, right? And I, I, like on the weekends, I would like, I would wait for my mom to like be free and I'd be like, okay, mom, I'm about to play uh, Batman Arkham Sound. So she'll come and sit with me and she'll watch and like, she'll ask questions and stuff like that. And, you know, it was such a, such an awesome time for me. And, you know, it also obviously spawned my love for the Batman Arkham franchise and Arkham City came out when I first moved to Canada, I remember. And like, that was a great experience as well. And I played that like crazy and I fell in love with that. Then Arkham Knight came out once I graduated my undergrad undergraduate studies, which is awesome. Like I, there's always like big, big things happening in my life when those games came out. And like, you know, I got to play Arkham Knight and that was awesome. But I Arkham Assign specifically just holds a big place in my heart just because of like, you know, my the thing that I, like, you know, the connection me and my mom built when it comes to gaming with that game. Also, you know, me kind of playing that game, moving my Xbox into my parents' room and playing it all, all night, you know, when they're trying to sleep and I'm just kind of playing in front of the bed. A 15-year-old just kind of like, you know, it's like, I'm not like a huge kid, but I'm still pretty huge, right? So I'm just like, I feel bad, like <laughs> I had to make them go through that. Uh, but yeah, like if anyone has any cool stories like that about any games or anything like that, any cool, uh, interesting tidbits about any experiences that they had with, when they bought a game or when they played a game, stuff like that, like let me know, message me. Uh, you, my, I'll, I'll list everything uh, in, in the description where, where you can contact me. Um, so with that, we can move into the games that I am playing. Of course, Ghost Tsushima and Sea of Thieves. I've talked about those constantly. Love both of them. Had a really annoying moment on Sea of Thieves recently with uh, a bunch of people that just kept annoying my, uh, me and my my crew. Uh, they just wanted to like mess with us, and like we lost like basically everything that we had at that point. And you know, like I just didn't like I don't I don't get why do that because you can tell that they were just doing it just to like fuck with us. It was just them like wanting to like mess with someone, uh, you know. But like it's not really priority, I guess. I guess it is priority, but. I don't know, like, I feel like there should be, like, a switch or something because you honestly do lose a lot of work that you put into that game uh, if just by something, someone just wanting to be annoying. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, like, it's, it's still such a fun game. I'm really enjoying Sea of Thieves. Ghost of Shima just keeps getting better and better, and so far, it's definitely my game of the year, 100%. Nothing comes close to it. I mean, Last of Us a little bit, but, like, you've already heard my story about, about Last of Us. The other games, of course, Fall Guys. Oh, my God, this game is actually so fun. This has become my Battle Royale go-to. I've actually, like... Every time I'm bored and I want to play a game for a little bit, I just turn on I turn on Fall Guys. And I have a big problem with the with the team games. The team games need to go. Like, why are there team games? The team games honestly make it so unfair because, like, it just depends on your team. And also, team games make it so much more about luck in that moment, I've noticed. Just because of, of everything that needs to come together, right? And because of that, I just get so much more, so frustrated because if I'm doing well and I'm coming first, stuff like that, and then, you know, there's a team game. I'm like, oh my God, of course. And like, I see myself doing everything I can to help my team. And my other team is doing something completely different, right? It's not like we're all on voice chat or something. And I'm like, oh God. And then next thing you know, you lost, right? And I'm like, okay, come on. Like that shouldn't determine that you lost or whatever, you know? Um, I do hope they keep adding more mini games and stuff like that because I do see this getting repetitive. It already kind of is. Like I've already spent maybe five, six hours in that game at this point. I've, I've, I've been playing quite a bit. But I, I, like it's already gone to the point where everything's becoming one note where I'm just like, okay, yeah, cool. Like it's not, it doesn't have like the same kind of excitement when I had the first time I was seeing each of these mini games. So I do hope that they kind of find ways to do that, find ways to kind of eat, keep adding more stuff into it. But overall, like, yeah, like, I mean, if you have a PlayStation and you're subscribed to PS Plus, this is definitely a game you need to check out. You need to like download this. 
on PC, it's pretty cheap. It's like $22 Canadian. So like, I don't know, like I've, I feel like that's worth it for what it is. Uh, and especially if you know your friends are also going to be playing it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. I haven't played with friends just yet, but I am, I'm hoping to do that because I think this game will be really, really fun uh, when, when playing with friends and stuff. Um, other than, yeah, of course, Avengers beta, you already know my thoughts on that. But again, like if anyone else has played Avengers beta or anything like that, like let me know, let me know what you think, right? And with that, we can call this episode to a close. Uh, all my social media links and where you can contact me, everything will be in the description below. My email is amandamangames at gmail.com, amandamangames at gmail.com. Of course, you can message me on Instagram at amandamangames. That's kind of where I'm most uh, most active. And of course, follow me on Twitch at amandaman. I'm, I'm, I stream there very regularly, four to five times or maybe three times a week. Uh, right now, I'm playing Ori and the Will of the Wisp. I should be done with that game today, hopefully. And then from that, we'll move on to some other game, maybe Fall Guys, maybe Sea of Thieves. So many games right now. There's so many to choose from. And yeah, let me know what you think. Anything you want, want me to discuss next time. Next time, uh, I should also bring up, uh, I was also asked a question on Instagram uh, by, let me just bring this up quickly, by Killer Gaming Setup. Uh, thank you so much for sending this question in and basically just asking me, hey, Aman, have you ever built a PC? Uh, yes, I have built a PC. You know, thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, um, I was kind of just bring, talking about it earlier as well with, with the news item that we had today. Um, but I think I made like a story time thing as well on it in terms of my experience when I first built a PC. But yeah, I built my PC for the first time last year, had a few issues with it, but officially all the issues and everything were gone by like July or so. And then, yeah, since then, my PC has become my go-to. I love PC gaming. I'm forever a PC gamer now. Uh, even with my console and stuff like that, I will always have a PC uh, with me, I think. Like, no doubt about it. So, yeah, like, I think, I'm, of course, if anyone else is also a PC gamer, also wants to share any cool stories about their, their building experience, stuff like that, please, again, send it to me. Uh, like I was talking about, amandamangames at gmail.com. You can email me there. Social media links will also be in the description. Follow me on Twitch at amandaman and follow, subscribe, whatever you can for the podcast. And I will see you next time. Bye.